close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder as always to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. Coming up on today's show, we have a special treat for you as we're joined by sisters Melissa and Louise Duggan. Melissa is a football all-star who played a starring role for the West Cork ladies last year as they won their first ever Cork senior football title. And not to be outdone, Louise was a key figure for Enniskeen who landed the county intermediate camogie title last year, securing senior status for the season ahead. A little later on, we'll chat to Erhan's Laura Sheehan. Laura, an Irish international rugby player, has recently joined the Exeter Chiefs, so we'll catch up with her to chat about the move and her ambitions for the year ahead. But Kieran, let's get straight down to business. You caught up with both Duggan sisters this week. They're a seriously talented family, aren't they? Oh, it's a seriously talented family. And this was two of the four sisters. So Louise is the eldest of the Duggan sisters and you've you've April and then you've the twins, Melissa and Michelle. So like you mentioned there, Jack, um, Louise and Melissa had super years in 2020. Louise was vice-captain of the Inniskeen team that won the county intermediate camogie championship and they're now going senior for 2021. And we all know about Melissa Duggan. She's the the all-star Cork defender and she was a key player in the West Cork team that won the county senior football championship in 2020. So both Louise and Melissa will be applying their trade in the senior ranks in the county championships in the year ahead. And it's just a good, interesting, fun chat ahead with them, Jack. Um, Melissa's after we look at up to Dublin. So she she, she tuned in from Dublin while, um, while Louise was close to home. And you you could see why they're, they're, they're such, uh, I suppose, they're, they're two sisters who've gone so far in their sports because they're very competitive. And even when you hear them talking about growing up as kids, the four of them out the back at home, kind of um, with hurley slitters and footballs taking lumps out of each other. You can see why, why, where that competitive element came from. But they both achieved an awful lot. And I think what's interesting too is that Melissa started off in camogie as well. And she was with um, with Inniskeen Camogie for a couple of years. And she actually won an under-14 county camogie title with Inniskeen before football became her first love. And while April, Michelle and Melissa kind of veered towards football, Louise always stuck with the camogie and she, she makes no bones in saying that camogie hurling is her first love. So it was interesting dynamics going on there. And it was a really fun, good chat by two seriously talented sisters who um, have the potential to be big players. Well, they will be big players for both their teams again in the year ahead. Um, it's a real treat for Southern Star podcast listeners this week as we're, we're joined by two county winners from the one family. Um, Louise Duggan, who was vice captain of the Inniskeen Camogie team that won the county intermediate title in 2020. And her younger sister, Melissa, who was part of the West Cork team that won the county senior football championship for the first time. Um, there's four. There's four sisters. There's four Duggan sisters from Belly Boy in Dunmanway. Louise, you're 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 the eldest of the four. Um, we've April and Michelle as well. So, fill me in. What was it like being a big sister to the other three? Um, it was easy. I suppose I was always the one in charge. <laughs> so it was my responsibility. I came along the recent, and I came along. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, so it was good. We were always kind of sporty, to be fair. I suppose we spent most of our life outside in the garden, kicking a ball or, well, they kind of kept us away from the hurlies if it was all four of us in a small area. It wasn't really, it would have been war. So um, football was safer in the garden, I think. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, plenty of um, plenty of fighting and plenty of tickets thieves one minute and fighting the next minute so yeah it was um we we're all pretty close in age as well so it's um it's nice we grew up playing together a lot and your ga journey it took you to inniskeen camogie first didn't it yeah yeah so i suppose um they came into school in demanway and um 
me and my crew, my friends, well, second class maybe, we took off down to Badney and we didn't really leave um, down to Nuskeen. So, um, yeah, would have been started off. We play, I played football in school and I would have played a bit underage and then a bit in college, but it was always, it's, it's difficult when it's two different clubs to have the combined, um, but it was, yeah, hurling was always my number one goalie. Hurling Camogie was always Louise's first love, Melissa. But you've gone on obviously to become an all star all star defender with with the Cork senior football team. But you started out in, in Camogie as well. So what are your early memories of of, of Camogie? And are you uh, a player that Paddy Murray's listened to this now and he's going, Ah, oh, she's one that got away. <laughs> um, well I suppose um we were the youngest out of the four and like me and my sister Michelle. So we were carted down to Inskeen Camogie Club as well. Um, when we were younger, I suppose, I don't know when we started, we probably were six or seven probably as well. But um, yeah, so we started playing Camogie because like Louise and April were playing Camogie and you know, mum was already going down once so she might as well go down there two or three times again as well. So yeah, we pretty much like lived in Inskeen for a while, nearly training and stuff like that. And mum was carting us everywhere but um, I suppose we always used to play football in the garden to the four of us as Louise said um, it was nearly always football we played at home um, yeah so we always had a ball and I suppose that's when like we first I first started liking football and stuff like that but Camogie was nice as well but I suppose more of my friends were playing football at the time than you know, we'd say Louise's friends were playing Camogie so um I played camogie up until 14 when um, I left primary school, started secondary school. And um, then then I joined the football team because it is hard being from both. If we have a few girls, like we'll say on the junior team now that are playing with Louise and are playing with myself and my sisters. But it is hard, like, you know, you can't give your full commitment, but they, they try their best. And it is good to see that there's junior players on the team. And before you signed off from Inneskeen Camogie, Melissa, you won an under-14 county title with Michelle years and years ago, did you? Yeah, we did. Um, that was the last year I think we played. Um, I can't remember much about it, but I think I was like corner forward or something. Did I used to play corner forward? I don't know. I couldn't, oh. I, didn't have, I didn't have much talent. I just used to, I think they just used to stick me around the goal because I couldn't pick up the ball or anything. I just had, I just like hit it on the ground and stuff like that. But yeah, no, we did win a county final. I think it was in Cladova or something. Um, so yeah, that was the first county medal I ever won. Yeah. And Louise is probably a better place than most to kind of to cast a verdict on Melissa's Camogie career. Like you've seen her up close with in a scheme, you've seen her up, up close with a with a hurling slitter at home. Was was Melissa any good at Camogie? You can you can be honest now. Um. To, yeah. To be fair, she's not bad. Like, like we puck around outside, and like she can catch it, and well, she she'd be going to hit it, and she might miss it, but she she'll get it the second go. <laughs> um. No, she's definitely a better footballer. I think she picked the picked the her better sport. To be fair. And when you saw your, your other sisters, Louise, all veer towards football and become part with with the Donnies, um, the Donnies. But you, you said there, like hurling was your first love. Did you ever feel that you? Were you ever inclined to follow the other three towards football? Or were you always very steadfast in your determination to stay with Camogie? Um, I think I was probably determined to stay stay the same, um, not to follow the herd or anything, <laughs> do my own thing. Um, but, yeah, I suppose it would be nice to have the opportunity for us all to play together. But, um, yeah, no, I think, um, I think I picked the one that I'm better at in a way. <laughs> We, we nearly convinced her one year to come join. I think it was our second or third year on the junior team and she was nearly there, nearly there, but I think they did well in Camogie that year, so I'd say it was a no then. <laughs> yeah, but I'd never leave in a scheme, to be fair, ever. <laughs> what about in future years? Would you ever try and, and become a dual star, Louise, and try your life in with Donnie's for one season? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. I think I'm getting old. <laughs> And what is it about so Camogie and hurling that, that, that you prefer, that appeals to you more so than football, Louise? Um, 
I think I I suppose yeah I like the speed I suppose as well with um you can let the ball do a lot of the work in hurling so you can you know the ball will travel a lot further it gets less running <laughs> maybe um but um yeah so I just like the skill like you know we have good players on our team like just watching them like the natural talent that they have is just um it's amazing what some people can do with the hurling and the slitter and um yeah just the skill and and the pace it's quite a fast game as well and um i suppose it's physical quite physical um and um i kind of yeah that's good i like that <laughs> you mentioned earlier too melissa about your, about your parents kind of taking you to in a skiing three or four nights a week and i suppose like every sports person knows when when, when we're kids it's our parents that catch us everywhere right across the county in the country i presume it must have been the same for your parents with with four girls playing football and camogie they were they mustn't have left the road yeah no um mam mam was always on the road um and did dad at the weekends <laughs> so yeah between football camogie and we had athletics and you know when you're younger you'd be in involved in out of few clubs as well so yeah it, they were always on the road but so like yeah like we're, we're very grateful to have such good parents to drive us everywhere they didn't mind driving us yeah <laughs> even though I think I told a story in the Southern Star before Christmas your first night at Cork senior football training Melissa your yourself your mom and Michelle you see Martina Ryan was telling me that you got lost on, on your way to your first ever Cork senior training session oh yeah it was it was nerve-wracking that, that time. I still remember the journey. Um, I'd say Mam was more nervous than me going to the training. Um, she was all hyper, and then sure we couldn't find. I don't know if you know Delaney's J pitch. It's up Blackpool in the middle of nowhere. So the Google Maps takes you to the wrong pitch. It takes you to the wrong interest, entrance. There's no entrance on that side. So thank God, Martina was following Google Maps as well, and. Sure, when we were last in, Mam was <laughs> she was she was like tearing her hair out. She was like, I can't have you late for your first training and all this. And then I just was like, Mam, calm down. I see Martina. I'm just hopping the car and she'll take me to training. So so then they 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 found the pitch in the end. I saw them coming in um while we were training. So it it, it ended up well. <laughs> yeah, it ended up well. And I think that, like you got to your first Cork training session on time and the rest, as they say, is history. And Louise, what's it been like for you to watch Melissa's journey up through the football ranks, kind of to come from the, like you said, from playing football and hurling with her out the back at home to become one of the top defenders in the country, an all-star footballer that everyone raves about. What's what's that been like? Um, it's been great, yeah, because um, to be, Melissa put in a lot of hard work. Um, I suppose she has... Um, uh, natural ability I suppose athleticism really like you know she's got a good endurance engine and um, like running was always I suppose running was where you first noticed that you know that there was something that she had a talent Um so then I suppose she just incorporated that into her football and she mightn't have been the best footballer I suppose to begin with Um but you know she had plenty of hard work and determination and um, you know, she just, you know, it's great to see what she has achieved because she definitely, um, you know, it's well-deserved, well-deserved, I think. So it's great. So hopefully she'll have many more years to come and many more success as well. So hopefully. What's it like, Melissa, to hear Louise kind of wax so lyrical about you? Kind of, as a group of sisters, <laughs> would you be very open with each other or, or what's the dynamics like? Um, no, like we're close, but she'd never say anything like that. <laughs> You know what you know. I mean it. <laughs> I'm shocked. The kind of beauty of this podcast, Melissa. Now those words are there forevermore. So <laughs> exactly. You but, can't take uh, no. <laughs> I won't. I wouldn't. <laughs> but even though Melissa, it's it's probably your turn out to kind of pay the pay the compliment back because. In fairness to Louise, like she's soldiered with this in a skiing camogie team for years. I think from you're telling me before, Louise, you're 13 aside junior B days, right the way up to intermediate, and now winning the county intermediate title last year to go senior this year. So, Melissa, to see Louise, like you said there, like she's dedicated her life to camogie, that's her first love. And now to see her, I suppose, kind of earned a reward for all that commitment and dedication over the years, and now she'll be playing senior um, camogie at Cork level next year, like. That's, that's absolutely fantastic for Louise. He was always so proud of her as well. Yeah, like I still remember 
when like Luis was part of the junior team, like we were only small, like but like I you could see their progress all the way up, like and it's been phenomenal, like where they are now, because like um it's a real team effort and a community effort, and you know they've lost players and they've gained players along the way, and like you'd know like some of them through Luis because they're her friends and stuff like that. So it's great to see that they're actually that they managed to get over the final hurdle, um, the intermediate, they've been there a while. So it's great to see that they are um, into senior. Um, I don't know, like, when they were last senior or if they were senior before, but um, it's fantastic to see and they, they definitely deserve to be there. And um, it's just nice to see, like, such hard work and everything pay off in the end um, because they definitely deserve to be senior level and I hope that they have a good 2021. And seeing as Louise is your big sister, how much did you, did you look up to her like yourself and Michelle in April when you were younger? Because like she was the older sister. She was probably the sister you're all trying to beat to kind of get the better of because she was she was the oldest. So how much did you look up to her and, 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 and want to get the better of her too at the same time? <laughs> yeah, I suppose like like we we're competitive, but you know, we all have our individualness and you know, we 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 accept that and stuff like that. But you know, Louise was the oldest and you know, we, we always did what she said when we were younger anyway. And <laughs> even, even she was always in charge of what games and stuff we used to play. But um yeah, no, Louise has been a great role model, especially for me because sure I like we both did pharmacy and she was kind of telling me, you know, when I was unsure of what I'd do, we'll say in college and stuff like that. She was doing pharmacy at the time and like she she told me like what the course was about and you know that that you know you'd like it and stuff like that so like that was really big help you know and it's you know it's it's great to have somebody there that you can ask questions and stuff to that um that she can answer and stuff like that so it is she has been a huge role model for me personally more maybe I don't know for about Michelle and April but like in terms of the pharmacy and stuff like that it's been great help. And for 2021, Louise Inneskeen will be in the senior camogie ranks, mixing it with the Corsi Rovers and Inescara and all the big teams. How much are you looking forward to getting started this season and, and playing senior county championship camogie? Yeah, I'm um, really looking forward to it. Um, I suppose we've been uh, like waiting a while to get here and we, you know, we've been measuring, our, measuring ourselves up against teams like that for a couple of years now. So it's great to get the opportunity to be in the mix and, um, you know, it's always good to have a new challenge and to push yourself a little bit extra um, going forward. So it'll be nice to um, drive on another little bit this, now, this year now and hopefully um, hopefully we get going soon and, um, yeah, we could get back training and get um, up the fitness levels and up the... Um, get your touch back in and all that. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Is there any one team that you would love to play in the county championship this year? Um, to we yeah we yeah maybe, I suppose why not courses <laughs> start with the best. <laughs> um yeah I suppose uh, definitely looking forward to them. Um I suppose we always have a good uh, duel with our close neighbours as well. So we'd be looking forward to maybe a day out against them as well. Um, Nusa Sound. So, um, yeah, to be honest, there's a few teams we haven't played before, so it'll be nice to play different teams as well just to see what they're about and how we measure up against them. Yeah, so. And yeah. Fing fingers crossed, Melissa, that West Cork will be in the county senior football championship this year. Um, what a spectacular year last year for West Cork. He won it for the first time. Um, won the county senior camogie, well, county senior football championship. I'm even getting confused myself here. Um, won the county senior football uh, championship against Moore and Abbey. Uh, what was it like for you? Because you've been involved with the West Cork team for for a number of years now. So to finally be crowned the best in the county, what sort of feeling was that? Yeah, like um, I suppose I was involved since it started. So you know we had a few heartbreaking matches where we were so close but yet so far. So to win it last year, it was just like, just an amazing feeling. Like a few of the girls 
that have been there since the start um, and a few joined along the way and a few had to leave because they were from uh, like Kinsale and you know other clubs like that that were up senior but um, it was just a fantastic feeling I suppose like in a way COVID um, and the year that was in it gave us probably an advantage because we never used to get enough training we'll say the other years before that between the county and between our club own clubs and training and matches and stuff like that so and this year really felt like a a club um like one club we were all the one um it was great because we were able to get to training there was huge numbers at training and we were able to do proper drills and matches and stuff like that so um just to get over the line this year it was fantastic you know we had put in a lot of work more work I suppose than we've done the last few years so um, I know everybody was delighted, like the joy on everybody's faces that day and the relief, I think, as well. Um, it was just fantastic to see. So hopefully, you know, they'll let us go again this year um, with West Cork because, like, it is, it's nice for clubs, you know, the junior clubs, you know, who, who mightn't ever get to senior um, to get a chance to play senior. And as we say, to play different teams that you normally don't play. So, you know, it is a great, great opportunity for girls um, all over West Cork, you know, to to try out for the West Cork team and to play for West Cork because um, it's a fantastic opportunity. And, and yeah, it's just, I really, I really do like playing for West Cork. I think we all have our fingers crossed that West Cork will be allowed into this year's County Senior Football Championship. But just for a moment, Melissa, um, you won a County Junior B football title with Donnie's back in 2019. What's the difference, or is there a difference between winning a county title with your club and winning a county title with your divisional team is there much of a difference or um I thought they'd be more of a difference but West Cork last year completely felt like a club team we were so close like we you know we we were so close last year it just felt completely like a club team so I thought they'd be you know it'd be strange um that you know you won the match with the West Cork and that was it you know you know you go home and stuff like that but no like everybody we're all friends and everything it's it's just like we all know each other so well most of us you know through either playing through your own club with them or playing through county with them so you know there is a real club feeling with West Cork and I really got that from this last year compared to other years where you might only be like a singleton or like the clubs like themselves would talk to the clubs you know the way like you'd only talk to whoever was in your club but no um it's just it it was just great to win west with west cork and uh, you know it did definitely definitely felt like a club team last year and louise kind of listen just in there how tight that west cork west cork unit was but it's the exact same in his and even more so last year i think i was talking to lane aylward just before christmas Mm -hmm. and she made a point that because of covid19 and the fact that I suppose players, they weren't gone in J1s for the summer, they weren't working part-time jobs, that you were together more as a unit and as a team last year, more so than seasons before that. So did you find last year that the bond was stronger in that Inneskeen team than ever before? Yeah, I actually did, yeah, definitely. Um, like Elaine said, definitely, we didn't have any distractions, you know, people going on, even interrailing or going away for holidays for, you know, four or five weeks um, or whatever, you know, whatever takes people away during the summer. Um, and like that for training, we had full numbers nearly every night of training. And I suppose we made an effort as a group as well to just maybe just do little things just, you know, off the pitch, even just after training, like spend like 15, 20 minutes, you know, having something to eat or just having general chats, just like we were close a group anyway, but I definitely think that it, we just became more bonded this year and, we all just got on the same page basically and it was nice not to have any distractions and have the same group the whole way through which we which we really did and I do think that definitely gave us an edge more so than other years. I think he took your this was the Inneskeen fans on a roller coaster ride last year I'm thinking at the quarterfinal against Blackrock went 13 points down before he, <laughs> before he came back to win that and getting through to the, the county final and, and winning that then um, up in Castle Road. Just take me back to those couple of minutes after that final whistle went when it crowned in a skiing county to meet the Camogie champions and you knew after losing finals in 2017 and 2019 that you finally got to the promised land and you're finally going senior for the first time. 
Yeah, um, I think Melissa actually said it earlier. Uh, relief was probably my first feeling, to be honest. I literally just like, oh, thank God, the whistle is gone. And um, it was, then it was just complete and utter, like, joy. And um, I think, like, there, it was just so, we were able to have supporters as well, which um, the West Park team didn't. And, like, it's a pity, really, because, like, I know we only had maybe 200, 100, 200 supporters. Um, but, like, just it was just so good that they got because I suppose you are playing as much as for yourself you're playing for the supporters and your family so it was just amazing to have them there and like you could just see the smiles everyone was just so happy so it was it was just like there was great scenes of like joy and excitement and that continued on into the village and everything so the the whole the whole villages and um it was just great to see everyone's kids, old people, uh, older uh, older people and families, just everyone, everyone in the club was just absolutely thrilled. And it was great that we were able to bring a smile to their faces. It definitely was the big GA stories of the year in West Cork last year. I know, Melissa, after we talked about two county final wins, there was one final disappointment last year was when Cork came up short in the All-Ireland senior football final against Dublin just before Christmas. I think it was five days out from, from Christmas Day. Have you had a chance to reflect on, on that game against Dublin and what are your thoughts now? Yeah, I suppose um, we're all kind of reflecting on it at the moment. You know, Christmas is over and a new year has started. So it's probably back back to the drawing board and see where we can go from that loss. Um, I suppose it, it was like very disappointing, like, we were up at half times, you know, everything was going well for us. Um, but we just underperformed, I think, um, in the second half. And if you, you can't underperform in a Art Ireland final, you know, especially against the Dubs, you know, they were reigning champions and you know, um if you slack in any in any way, shape or form in the forward line or in the back line, you know, it'll cost you and um it definitely did for us. So we just have to go back and look at ourselves, every all of us individually and as a team collectively, and hopefully we can, um, you know, get a good start um, to twenty twenty one and to the championship. And yeah, we'll go from there, and hopefully we'll be back in the final again. Because that was first-hand experience of how good this Dublin team is. And they've, they've won four in a row now, and I think they've been in the last seven finals. So they are the dominant force in ladies' football right now. But seeing them up, up, up close and personal, how close do you think Cork are to draw level with Dublin and even overhauling them? Yeah, I suppose we showed in, second, in the first half that, you know, we were like we'll I suppose on par with them, you know, maybe at their level. But I suppose they had a second gear in them that we didn't have um, you know, their strength and power is something I suppose that they have an edge over, I suppose, us still at the moment. Um or we I I think we match them in football, but I think they they have an edge over us in their power and their strength and just their, I suppose, like, um, I don't know, they kind of manage the game better than we do at the moment, I think. Um, I suppose they have been at it, as you said, seven or eight years now. Um, you know, they're all, they're all experienced footballers, you know, um, where, you know, we're a team that's still... I suppose we're not in we're not in transition anymore, but you know we want to be winning. We want to be starting winning finals now, and we want to be starting winning you know the big games. Um, so we do definitely have to look at where we, where what went wrong in the second half for us, and how to manage our game better, and um, just to match that physicality that Dublin bring to the game. Um, because if we can do that, um, I think we will be be able to beat them but um hopefully we'll close that gap the gap is tiny i think but it, there is still more improvements that we have to make um on our side for 2021 if we want to be on par with dublin and a, a big exclusive for the star sport podcast is that melissa has gone undercover in dublin she's after moving up to the up to the capital <laughs> so you're going to find out firsthand about what makes this dublin team so good melissa and, and bring that back down to cork 
I will, I'll be spying on <laughs> Don't say any more. <laughs> Before I finish up, Louise, what's your, um, I suppose, a, a goal or hope or target for you for 2021 in a sporting sense? What, what would you like to achieve this year? Um, I suppose it is to, um, I suppose, yeah, I suppose it is to just maintain what we have, uh, what we, the way we were playing last year and build on it. Um, and I suppose it's just to go get all the girls back again and, um, get in with, get the training going again and, um, just be competitive and give it her best. Um, I suppose personally, there's always things you can improve on. Um, like there, I definitely would think like my striking needs to improve. You know, there's always things you need to improve on. So if you can just, uh, you know, set a few personal goals and try and um, achieve them, <laughs> and I'll be happy out. I'm going to put the same question to you, Melissa. Kind of one hope, goal, target, ambition for for 2021. If there's one thing you can achieve, or you could achieve, what would you want it to be? Yeah, well, I say you know my first one, <laughs> but apart from that, I like Kogi. No. Because they who win a second Kogi medal. <laughs> Senior. <laughs> no. Um. Um. Yeah, I'd like very disappointed with Donnie's last year getting out. We'll say at the kind of semi final stage, we didn't really have semi final, but like there with thereabouts. So I really think that we could give Junior a good crack, you know. Um, Douglas and Castlehaven, you know, they're Castlehaven moved up, so there'll be a big rivalry there. So that match will be definitely interesting to see um, who comes out on top. So definitely looking forward to playing with Donnie's um, this year and. Hopefully we'll have West Cork as well to keep us going. And then for Cork, um, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to, um, we'll just win the final. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put the, put the last question to Louise because Louise, Melissa was telling us earlier that they tried to convince you to go playing football all those years ago, but you resisted. This is your chance now to convince Melissa to join yeah. the Inniskeen Senior Camogie team for 2021 and, and, and help drive you on. Um, She'd have to do a trial. She'd have to do trials. I'd say oh, <laughs> we wouldn't oh, just let her in. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> so we've we've heard it here first that Melissa Dogan has to go for trials if she wants to get in the, in the senior, senior camogie team in twenty twenty one. Thanks so much for joining me, Louise and Melissa. It's been absolutely no brilliant chat. I want to wish you best, uh, very best of luck in the year ahead you're both in your various senior county championships so hopefully 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 west cork in a scheme will travel far in both thank, thank you very much you. thanks for having us thanks for listening to the star sport podcast number one for sport in west cork with so little live sport to report on locally in recent weeks we were thrilled when news filtered through about bear woman Laura Sheehan's move across the water to link up with the Exeter Chiefs. Kieran, this caught us by surprise, but having spoken to Laura about it, it seems to be a really positive step in her career, doesn't it? It is, yeah. And like you said there, Jack, it's a, it's a live sports story in January 2021. So thank the Lord for, for Laura Sheehan, the Exeter Chiefs. Um, as she'll explain and in the chat now in a little while, there's no domestic rugby being played in Ireland. Um, the... She was then at UL Bowes and Munster, but their season kind of finished last March. So it's a long time to go without any rugby. So potentially this is quite a big year for the Irish senior um, women's team. We'll have the women's Six Nations in a couple of months' time because that's likely to be postponed. And we also, Ireland, have the chance of qualifying for the 2021 World Cup that's taking place in New Zealand in September, October. So prior to that, Ireland are involved in a qualification tournament to get there. And Laura wants to be front and centre with Ireland. That, that, that's her target. That's her ambition to be a central figure with the with, with the Ireland team. She's been, by her own admission, on the fringes of both the Ireland 15s and 17s, sevens teams over the last couple of years. Um, saying that though, back in October, she got a late call up for uh, this rearranged Six Nations game against Italy, and she was superb that day. And Adam Griggs, the Ireland manager, came out after, and he said she was fantastic. Praised her defence, praised her attitude. So she really put herself front and centre again, which was great to see. But like she says, to force her way, you could play her way into the, the starting team, she needs to play. 
So that's why um, the opportunity of playing rugby with the Exeter Chiefs women's team came up. She got on to them back in December, which was a, which is an interesting one. Um, she got on to them. Um, an unfortunate injury to one of Exeter's American wingers kind of opened the door then where Exeter said, yeah, come on over. She went over during Christmas and she's over there since. So she's working away. Um, during the day, she works with the PwC uh, based in Dublin. So she's working from home over in the UK and she's training with Exeter as well. So it's a, a smart move by Laura and hopefully it will pay off. And like you'll hear from her right now, she's very excited about the, the doors that this move could open for her. We're delighted to be joined on the podcast now by Laura Sheehan of Oran, but now of Exeter Chiefs across the water. Um, Happy New Year to Laura and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, William. Happy New Year, Kieran. Um, this this is brilliant. This is a good news story in January 2021, and it's a live sports story as well, which is makes it all the better. But um, you're in the headlines at the moment, Laura. You've signed for the Exeter Chiefs women's team. Um, so fill me in on how this move came about and why this move came about. Uh, yeah, I suppose it's, it's all kind of happened fairly quick. Um, I kind of reached out to Exeter in the middle of December. Um, I just kind of sent him across a few clips uh, saying I'd be interested to kind of come over and train if there was any possibilities. Um, and I suppose, unfortunately for one of the girls, she got injured, one of their wingers. Um, so they said they'd be delighted to have me and how soon could I come, basically, was kind of the general chat. Um, so then, yeah, I spoke at work and uh, organised would I be able to work from home from from the UK for a little while and stay stay with my office in Dublin and they were they were happy for me to do it so then yeah came over on the 28th and I've been training pretty much every day since so yeah been happy out lockdown's coming here now so um life is really quiet it's just training and work which is kind of similar at home but I'm, I'm loving the new environment so far anyway. What's the big kind of advantage for you uh, moving to Exeter Chiefs? I know hopefully the women's Six Nations this year World Cup qualification later in the year is that the hope to get games at Exeter and put yourself in the frame for selection in for the for the Ireland team going forward? Yeah, that's kind of the plan. I suppose there's no games happening at home at the moment, unfortunately, and nothing for the foreseeable, really. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of wanted to push for a chance of game time and even just for a chance of a different environment, trying to train more full-time in a 15s environment um, and try and push on, push on that way. I suppose I wanted to kind of get an edge. I'm kind of on the fringes. Um, at the moment in the, the Irish 15 squad, so I figured I need to do something new if I want something new to happen. Um, and to gain new skills and I suppose yeah just push on it really um, like obviously there's a lot up in the air with Six Nations and uh, even Prem at the moment like if games will be going ahead but uh, I said I'd take the chance anyway and and try something new and, and see if it comes off Standard what standard wise what's it like in with, with Exeter Exeter Chiefs? It's really high standard yeah we have a lot of international players like there's a good few players over from the USA and Canada we have Patricia Garcia now from Spain and Laura Delgada as well. Like, and they're they're very experienced internationals, so the standard is really high. The standard of coaching is excellent as well. Like Susie Appleby and Amy Garnett as well. Like they've both got like, I think I think Susie's got like sixty caps for England, and uh, Amy's got like a hundred. And they're really experienced coaches as well. Like Susie would have been coaching Gloucester before she came here, and then we have sessions as well with some of the men's coaches. So like. You're doing kicking with Garen Stinson and uh, like there's like other sessions they do defense and attack um, and they take a lot of skill sessions so it's a very comprehensive like setup and it's really well integrated into the men's team as well like it's Exeter Chiefs is one which is brilliant um, so you're just getting that that quality of like full-time training full-time feedback um, and kind of being professional with a small fee like a lot of people are still working there's some girls that are doing basically apprenticeships kind of through extra as well so um, it's a very I suppose it's, an, it's a new team like they only came in last year so it's still developing but it's, it's a very good setup to be coming into like I'm, I'm really really lucky Like you mentioned there Laura it's probably the, the right environment for you right now like you said you want to get back into or like you're on the, the edge of, of the Ireland team you're involved in the squads but you want to play for Ireland and this is probably the, the perfect opportunity for you now to put yourself in the shop window for, for Adam Griggs to look across the water and, and see Laura Sheehan shining for Exeter and say, well, I cannot leave her over my squad. Yeah, well, that's, that's plan A anyway. So we'll try, try our best, I suppose, to put myself in that position and uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. So yeah, that's the plan. Keep the head down, train hard, hopefully get selected for, for Exeter over here and push on in general, yeah. And it's all about taking your chance. If you think back to last October, you were drafted in late for, for Ireland against Italy in, in that game. I think Ireland won 21-7. But you took your chance that day, Laura. Adam Griggs came out after and he was glowing in his praise of you. It's those opportunities like that. You took your chance that day. So when you get the opportunity, you, want, you just want to make the most of it. 
yeah like I suppose I've been doing a lot of training over the last few years I've been in the Irish 15s and the Irish 7 set up um, and I suppose I've just kind of been on the fringes of both and it's just ended up with a lot a lot of training um, so I just really want to push for that match time like and I suppose nothing beats games um, and I suppose like that I, I got to put myself um, in a good position in that Italy match and I really really enjoyed it and I suppose it just reminded me how much I love playing rugby as, as much as I like training rugby like nothing beats a match for the enjoyment it's really your your reward for all the training so I suppose the more matches I can get the the more rugby I'm playing and the better I play then um so yeah that's hopefully what happens anyway <laughs> still looks so for the next couple of weeks in terms of training and matches what you know what, what is definitely coming up or is it very much a kind of a, a, a changing window at the moment over there uh, it's kind of changing at the moment, to be honest, just with the way things are happening with the Irish camps for Six Nations. And uh, there's a lot of kind of decisions that are out of my hand there. But at the moment, um, there's a couple of games uh, happening here. So we're playing Harlequins uh, this weekend and um, there'll be Saris at the end of the month as well. Um, like they're, they're all due to go ahead. So that's where we're training towards. Um, and that's the plan. And then there'll be some Irish camps as well. Um, but to be honest, I'm taking it week by week. Things are changing so quickly. Like this week's Har- this week is Harlequin, so that's what I'm, I'm aiming towards. And um, we've had a good few sessions this week to prepare for that. So that's that's what I'm building towards anyway. Um, after that, I suppose things are out of my control because I just don't know how quickly things are going to change at the moment. I suppose even they're talking about the, the women's Six Nations. Again, I don't know at the moment what's happened with that, whether it'll be pushed back a couple of months or not. So it's it's very much a wait and see at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is going to wait and see. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Like, I suppose it's just hard for uh, elite sport and women's sport in particular, since a lot of us are amateur at the moment, to try and fit it all in. And, like, at the end of the day, it's a privilege to get to play a game, but you don't want to be doing it at the risk of any anyone's health or anything like that. So, like, if it gets pushed back a couple of months, that's not the end of the world either. Um, like, we've, we've done lockdown before. We can train on our own, and if we can just train and prepare in the safest way possible and just be ready to go, um, then like two months isn't a big deal in, in that scenario then if that's the way it turns out if it happens um, when it's supposed to alongside the men's one then that'd be brilliant but I suppose uh, we can adapt anyway and we'll, we'll go whatever happens we can only control what we control really Looking further into 2021 like I mentioned World Cup qualification is up for grabs and for the World Cup later in the year as well how big a goal and target is that and how, how much do you want to be part of the Ireland squad for that? Oh it's massive like we've been building for qualifiers since I joined the squad um, and I suppose we, we're getting ever closer and I suppose the goalposts have been moving for the last couple of months because we thought it'd be summer and then September and whatnot but uh, yeah I know it's a massive goal I suppose it's yeah it's, it's what you aim for like it's what you want to be a part of you train to, to play in these days and get the opportunity to, to qualify a World Cup for a World Cup would be unreal as well as part of this team and if we got the chance to go to New Zealand then it'd be amazing like um, we put a lot of work towards it so a lot more still to do um, but yeah it would be the ultimate goal to get there but uh it seems a bit far off now at the moment just with all we have a lot of training to do to get there um, and there's a few things that I suppose we've to decide what kind of format it's going to be and all that kind of crack but yeah definitely one eye on that all the time as well Like you were explaining to us earlier Laura one of the reasons you, you've gone across the Exeter Chiefs is because you want to play games because domestically last year in Ireland was there many games even played? Uh, no everything was kind of called off in March time to be fair like the AL runs from September to March so a lot of us in bowls uh, would have said we were, were clear at the top of the table. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to play a lot of club games last year, but uh, the girls put in a serious run and we were like preparing really well. Like We have really good coaches with P. Hayes and Eve Briggs down there and they were pushing massively to do the double um, with the Cup and the AL. So we were well on our way to do it. There was only, I think it was two league games and then the semi-final and final that were left. Um so we were kind of hoping that they might give us the top of the table, but that didn't happen. But yeah, no, in 2020, there wasn't a lot of games. Uh, so just a lot of training, um, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully it'll be different now. Come, I don't know what way the season's going to go, if they're going to do interpros in the summer or just try to get girls back playing. Because like during the summer now, in fairness, Munster put on, um, that we had like camps and training sessions and stuff just because interpros weren't happening. They wanted to get like rugby across the province in a safe environment which was brilliant and it was really well done. We had, because um, we had new coaches, they, they came in and we had a few skill sessions with some of the, the Munster men's coaches as well, which is brilliant, just kind of getting more rugby um, in that way. So I suppose they're doing everything bar being able to have a match. So hopefully that changes now going into 2021. How are you settling in over in Exeter? I presume it's a strange time to be moving countries because you probably can't go out and explore like you would if it was in, in more normal times. Yeah, it's been fairly quiet now, to be honest. I suppose I came over on the 28th and I kind of anticipated that there would be a bit of a lockdown coming in. So I kind of went down to as many beaches um, as I could. I'm fairly near the coast here. So, um, yeah, just explored all the beaches that I could. Um, 
kind of the easiest socially distant activity to be doing and to have a look around the cliffs of Devon and all that kind of crack. So it's a really nice area. So I'm settling in well, to be fair. Um, it's nice, I suppose, work is continuing as normal. So that's nice to have not everything completely new. Um, and the area that I'm living in is really nice as well. So, uh, yeah, plenty of walks to be done. And uh, there's a nice little village. So it's, it's, it's all good, settling in well. <laughs> You mentioned work there, like you work for PwC. So how are you juggling work and rugby and living and settling into a new country and joining a new team? Uh, yeah, taking it day by day, I suppose. Uh, it's, it's been fairly good so far. Like work have been really accommodating to me. Um, which I really appreciate it. Um, they supported me all the way and they, they always have, to be fair. Um, so yeah, I suppose working flexibly as much as I can and getting, I suppose, as much as I can done before I go to the door. It's training, depending on the day. Um, and just kind to anticipate as much as possible what the schedule is going to look like so that I can, I suppose, manage things fairly well. Um, and yeah, I'm lucky that I have a really approachable, I suppose, an accommodating manager um, in work as well. So it's it's been all okay so far. So hopefully it stays going this way. I'd, I'd be delighted if it does. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us, Laura. I appreciate your time. No worries. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast and as always before we wrap up this week's show we're going to give a quick preview of what's to come in this Thursday's Southern Star Sports section. So Kieran, we mentioned there hasn't been a huge amount of live sport to report on but that doesn't mean the sports section isn't chock full of great reading this week, does it? No, it's another super sports section and I know I'm slightly biased when I say that Jack but it is, it's a really good sports section again this week for, for a time when there is very, very little, if any, live sport. So a couple of good interviews in there. I've caught up with the new Island Rovers senior football manager, Jason Whaley, for a chat about why he has taken on this role now. We also have an interview with the new Carby Rangers senior football manager, Declan Hayes, who's dipping his toes into management for the very first time. And this early is quite a good piece with new Cork City manager, Colin Healy, about... I suppose, unearthing more talent from West Cork and Colin Healy gives his thoughts on, I suppose, the, the youngsters who have been involved in the Cork City Academy over the, the last couple of years. So maybe West Cork is an area that Cork City will look to focus on in the years ahead because we know the likes of Ronan Hurley has gone on to achieve great things. And just on Ronan Hurley, just as a teaser for next week, he will be on next week's podcast for a chat. So he's our West Cork Schoolboys League graduate, former Bunrath United man, who's doing great things with Cork City. So tune in next week for that chat. Um, and just before you move on well, to the next point, Kieran, I just wanted to say, if Colin Healy is listening, this is a come and get me plea. If you're looking to sign any more players from the West Cork League with no uh, <laughs> championship football ongoing because of the pandemic, I am available, Colin. Come and get me. So there there we go, Kieran. What, what else can we expect in this week's paper? Have you got any clips of that famous goal you scored for Baltimore last season, Jack? That goal from, was it 248 yards that you, you chipped the goalkeeper from? Because if there is video footage of that goal, I'd love to see it because I've heard enough about it. And I'm sure Colin Healy would love to see it as well. So if there is footage of that, that could hold the key for your, your big money transfer to Cork City. So um, any listeners out there have any footage of Jack McCarron's goal? Any footage of Jack McCarron actually playing for Baltimore? Um, any live footage? Um, please send it in to... Sport at southernstar.ie for my amusement. But um, as as well as that, in this week's Southern Star, we have a very nice piece on St. Oliver Plunkett's um, new pitch and walkway that they put in last year. So Jeremy McCarthy's caught up with a couple of people who were involved in that um, that great work out in, in Ahio Hill. So that's a, a, a really nice piece by Jor and well worth reading. Road Bowler, excuse me, Dunico O'Brien, he's the current West Cork Junior A champion, is actually writing a lovely piece for us too this week, just about how he started off in, in his father's footsteps and, and even about his first ever score. So that's a, that's an interesting piece there. I'm also profiling, Jack, um, some of the West Cork sportswomen who could be in the headlines in 2021. So it's the likes of Joan Healy, Phil Healy, Orla Cronin, uh, Nicola Tuttle, she's the young Bendin AC um, Hammer athlete who won the national senior title last year. We have the likes of Aoife Casey and uh, Lydia Heafy, Emily Hegarty. So they're all West Cork sportswomen who will hopefully touch wood, make the headlines for all the right reasons um, in the, the year ahead. So 
there's plenty plenty of, of reading in this week's sports section, Jack. And there's also uh, a piece with Phil Healy, who has um, gone on board as a brand ambassador with Nihon's Motors in Bandon. And why I think this is great, Jack, is I just love to see a local athlete being supported by a local business. So Nihon's have taken Phil on board as a brand ambassador. They've given her a, a, a new Kia Seed for the year as a sponsored car. So it'll help Phil on her ultimate goal to become an Olympian. So I think it's great work by Nihon. So, so well done to them. And we have that story and more in Thursday's Southern Star. And as we said last week, the Southern Star is still available in shops across West Cork every Thursday morning. So despite the lockdown that's ongoing, you can still get a copy of the Southern Star wherever they sell newspapers. And if you can't make it to the shop for any reason, you can log on to the southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and pick up a copy of our digital edition, which you can subscribe to for less than two euro per week. So great value. And you can read it on your computer tablet or smartphone and if you are <coughs> heading out to the shops this week to pick up a copy of the southern star why not pick up a second copy for an elderly neighbor who can't make it to the shops themselves because i'm sure there are many out there who can't go out because they're cocooning for obvious reasons but would still love to be able to read their weekly dose of west cork news and sports so that's just a note on the southern star and kieran before we wrap up this week's show it's just another one i want to touch on with you last week you spoke to us about your addiction to harry potter which got the better of you over the christmas season and with another lockdown underway basically for the last two three weeks and going to be ongoing for at least another three weeks are there any netflix suggestions you want to give our dear listeners you've been given to them giving them to us all year throughout all of the various lockdowns so what's on the mccarthy menu for january 2021 Actually, just last night, I finished Basketball or Nothing. It's uh, it's very short, kind of, on Netflix, a kind of docu-series. There's only six episodes in it, and they're around half an hour long each. So it's about Chinley, and they're a kind of a high school over in um, in America. I think it's in Arizona. So they're kind of a, a native Navajo kind of um, basketball team in, in that region. So it's just about their, their, their story as they try to win their first ever Arizona State Championship. And... We've mentioned before the likes of Last Chance You and, and QB1, these other kind of really, really good sports documentaries on, on Netflix. But basketball or nothing, it's wholesome good fun. It's it's um it's not sensational. There's no brash or arrogant characters in it. They're they're young lads who have some fellas who are facing some some difficulties in their life because they have no running water. Some of them one of the one of the young fellas lost his father when he was five. So it's telling their story as they try to put Chinley basketball on, on, the, on the Arizona map and how the community pulls together. Um, I think the population of Chinley is like 4,600, yet their Wildcats then hold 6,000 people. It just shows it's basketball is huge, huge in the area. So well worth checking out. It's called Basketball or Nothing. It's very short. I watched it over two nights. There's only, like I said, six episodes in it, half an hour long. Well, well worth watching. So that's my recommendation for the week ahead. Uh, good recommendation, Kieran. I might actually check that one out myself. And just one I'll give a mention to is the wonderful Bridgerton, which I'm sure many of you will be familiar with. If you like sex, scandal and salacious drama set amongst the British aristocracy of the early 1800s, look no further than Bridgerton on Netflix. It gets two thumbs up from me. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Slán Tomal. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork.